This episode of the MedBullet Step 1 podcast will go over the topic of sickle cell anemia from the hematology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A four-year-old African-American boy presents to the emergency room for sudden-onset severe abdominal pain. He has a history of sickle cell anemia. On physical exam, he is pale, and he has a left upper quadrant palpable mass. Complete blood count is significant for hemoglobin of 7.3 grams per deciliter. Serum unconjugated bilirubin and reticulocyte count are elevated. This clinical vignette is describing acute splenic sequestration. Now, let's get into the episode. As a quick overview, sickle cell anemia is an autosomal recessive disease that results in abnormal hemoglobin characterized by hemoglobin S, resulting in hemolytic anemia and vasoocclusion. Sickle cell disease is an overarching term, including sickle cell anemia, as well as patients with a sickle mutation, or HBS, and a different mutation in the beta-globin gene, for example, beta-thalassemia or hemoglobin C disease. Homozygosity, or HBSS, will result in sickle cell anemia. Heterozygotes, or HBSA, is sickle cell trait, and these patients are usually asymptomatic and may confer some resistance to malaria. These patients may have painless hematuria as a result of renal papillary necrosis. Hemoglobin SC disease can have hemoglobin S and hemoglobin C. Hemoglobin C disease, or HBC, is a point mutation in the beta-globin gene where glutamic acid is replaced with lysine. With respect to the epidemiology of sickle cell anemia, as far as demographics, blacks are more commonly affected. Risk factors include a family history. Moving on to pathogenesis, in terms of pathophysiology, recall that hemoglobin is a soluble tetramer composed of two alpha globins and two beta globins. Hemoglobin S results from a point mutation of the beta globin gene that substitutes valine for glutamic acid. Due to hydrophobic interactions from valine, hemoglobin can polymerize in red blood cells. This makes the hemoglobin tetramer poorly soluble and results in distortion of red blood cells into a sickle shape. This form causes vasoocclusion. Clinical severity is determined by the presence of other hemoglobin mutations. The pathophysiology also involves an elevated 2,3-diphosphoglycerate. And know that sickled red blood cells undergo hemolysis every 17 days. That is one-seventh that of normal red blood cell lifespan. Remember that hemolysis generates reactive oxygen species. With respect to genetics, the inheritance pattern of sickle cell anemia is autosomal recessive. Mutations involve chromosome 11 and the beta-globin gene. In terms of prognosis, the overall survival is reduced. However, prognosis is better with comprehensive care and clinical monitoring. Moving on to the clinical presentation of sickle cell anemia, let's go over acute events and chronic events. Acute events include anemia and vaso-occlusive events, specifically acute painful episodes, which were previously called sickle cell crises. This may occur on top of chronic pain. Triggers include cold temperature, stress, alcohol, and menses. Dactylitis is acute pain in the hands and feet, which is particularly common in children. Other vaso-occlusive events include acute chest syndrome, cerebrovascular accidents, myocardial infarction, renal infarction, splenic infarction, and venous thromboembolism. In terms of splenic infarction, know that by two to four years of age, patients have functional asplenia. Moving on to chronic events, sickle cell anemia patients can have pain, hemolytic anemia, neurologic deficits, stunted growth and development, as well as renal disease. In terms of hemolytic anemia, 
Contributing factors include low erythropoietin concentration, which can be due to renal disease, and folate deficiency. As far as renal disease, this can manifest with painless hematuria due to papillary infarcts, medication toxicities, as well as urinary concentrating defects. On physical exam in these patients, you may find splenomegaly, jaundice, pallor, and or bone slash joint tenderness. Moving on to imaging, indications for radiographs include acute chest syndrome, and findings can include new pulmonary infiltrates of one or more lung segments. In terms of other studies, know that prenatal testing is currently not routinely used. As far as newborn screening, methodology varies by state, but can be detected via high-performance liquid chromatography, which is preferred, tandem mass spectrometry, DNA testing, or isoelectric focusing, otherwise known as gel electrophoresis. On serum labs in these patients, you will have decreased hemoglobin and hematocrit, increased reticulocyte count, mildly elevated fetal hemoglobin or hemoglobin F, and normocytic anemia. On peripheral blood smear, you may see Howell Jolly bodies, which are nuclear remnants of red blood cells that have not been phagocytosed due to functional asplenia, and you will also see sickled cells. The differential diagnosis for sickle cell anemia is beta thalassemia. Key distinguishing factors between beta thalassemia and sickle cell anemia is microcytic anemia and no sickle cells on peripheral blood smear. Moving on to the treatment of sickle cell anemia, there's lifestyle management, medical management, and surgical management. Lifestyle management includes certain prophylactic treatments such as daily folic acid, penicillin until five years of age, and the pneumococcal vaccine, which prevents pneumococcal sepsis. Medical management includes supportive care, which is indicated in acute attacks, and modalities include hydration, oxygen, and analgesia, exchange transfusion, which is indicated for acute vaso-occlusive events, and hydroxyurea, which is indicated to decrease the frequency and severity of attacks. Hydroxyurea increases production of fetal hemoglobin, which has a higher affinity for oxygen. You may consider the addition of a Gardos channel blocking agent, which prevents red blood cell dehydration by inhibiting potassium efflux. Surgical management includes hematopoietic cell transplantation, which is technically the only curative treatment for sickle cell anemia. Now, let's end this review session talking about some complications. As we mentioned earlier, patients may have functional asplenia by an early age. These patients are at an increased risk for encapsulated bacterial infection, for example, streptococcus and salmonella, and this may result in asplenic sequestration of red blood cells and extravascular hemolysis. Aplastic crisis is associated with parvovirus B19 infection or splenic sequestration crisis. This will manifest with a low reticulocyte count, and these patients should be supplemented with daily folic acid. Chronic lung disease and pulmonary hypertension are other potential complications, and these are secondary to acute chest syndrome. Renal disease can present as an inability to concentrate urine, resulting in frequent urination. Retinopathy is secondary to retinal artery occlusion. Cardiomyopathy is another potential complication of sickle cell anemia, specifically left-sided diastolic dysfunction with or without pulmonary hypertension. This can be due to pulmonary hypertension, chronic anemia, and hypoxemia with increased cardiac output, transfusion overload, and hypertension. Finally, another complication can be cholelithiasis, secondary to chronic hemolysis. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few quick questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, 
A two-year-old boy is brought to the emergency department after developing swelling of his left middle and ring fingers for the past day. The parents noticed that the boy had some redness of both fingers and the boy had some agitation from pain yesterday. Today, the pain has become excruciating. The patient has no other medical conditions and was born at term after an uncomplicated pregnancy. On exam, the patient's temperature is 98.3 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 114 over 88 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 120 per minute and respirations are 14 per minute. On exam, the patient has fusiform swelling of the left middle and ring fingers with swelling starting to extend into the hand. The fingers are erythematous and warm and exquisitely tender to touch. After a thorough family history and lab testing, the diagnosis is confirmed. Which of the following is the likely mutation that has occurred in this patient's condition? And the choices are 1. Replacement of cysteine with tyrosine 2. Replacement of histidine with aspartic acid 3. Replacement of glutamic acid with lysine 4. Replacement of glutamic acid with valine and 5. Replacement of valine with phenylalanine. The correct answer to this question is 4. Replacement of glutamic acid with valine. So this toddler with dactylitis and a known mutation is likely undergoing a vaso-occlusive crisis in the context of sickle cell disease, which is associated with a mutation involving the replacement of glutamic acid with valine. To quickly review, sickle cell anemia is a disease resulting from a point mutation in the beta-globin gene, specifically a change from glutamic acid to valine at position 6, or E6V. Homozygotes develop crescent-shaped red blood cells that can undergo sickling under certain conditions such as hypoxemia, high altitude, or acidosis. This can lead to vaso-occlusive complications such as pain crises, dactylitis, acute chest syndrome, avascular necrosis, or stroke. Dactylitis is one of the earliest forms of sickling seen in infants and presents as painful swelling of the digits in the hands or the feet. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, replacement of cysteine with tyrosine at position 282 or C282Y in the HFE gene is one of the most common mutations leading to type 1 hemochromatosis. This results in iron overload in the body, not vaso-occlusive crises. Answer 2, replacement of histidine with aspartic acid at position 63 or H63D in the HFE gene is a very common mutation in the pathogenesis of type 1 hemochromatosis as well. Answer 3, replacement of glutamic acid with lysine at position 6 or E6K in the beta-globin gene produces hemoglobin C. This is typically asymptomatic but can produce splenomegaly and hemolytic anemia. This patient more likely has sickle cell disease. And finally, answer 5, replacement of valine with phenylalanine at position 617 or V617F in the JAK2 gene is responsible for most cases of polycythemia vera. Patients with polycythemia vera have excess red blood cells in their blood and are more likely to form abnormal blood clots. Patients are asymptomatic in the early stages, and this disease typically starts in late adulthood. To leave you with a bullet summary, sickle cell anemia can present with dactylitis in infants and results from homozygous point mutations with a replacement of glutamic acid with valine at position 6 in the beta-globin gene. Moving on to the next question. A 10-year-old girl is brought to the physician by her parents with complaints of acute left-sided abdominal pain and diarrhea. An abdominal ultrasound shows a small irregular nodule in the splenic bed. A peripheral blood smear is obtained and shows Howell Jolly bodies, or leftover nuclear remnants that are normally removed in the spleen. 
the parents note that the patient has a chronic hematological condition. This patient is predisposed to infection with which of the following organisms? And the choices are 1. Staphylococcus aureus, 2. Staphylococcus epidermidis, 3. Staphylococcus saprophyticus, 4. Streptococcus pneumoniae, and 5. Streptococcus viridans. The correct answer to this question is 4. Streptococcus pneumoniae. So this patient's presentation of acute left-sided abdominal pain, a shrunken spleen on abdominal ultrasound, and a peripheral blood smear featuring Howell Jolly bodies is indicative of autosplenectomy due to sickle cell anemia, which predisposes patients to infection with streptococcus pneumoniae and other encapsulated organisms. Patients with chronic sickle cell disease commonly experience autosplenectomy, in which the spleen undergoes fibrosis and shrinkage. Splenic dysfunction results in decreased complement activation and thus decreased opsonizing ability, thereby increasing the susceptibility to infections with encapsulated organisms. Sickle cell patients with functional asplenia are especially predisposed to infection with Streptococcus pneumoniae, Haemophilus influenza type B, and Neisseria meningitidis. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, Staphylococcus aureus is a gram-positive, catalase-positive, coagulase-positive bacteria. It is not an encapsulated organism. Answer 2. Staphylococcus epidermidis is a gram-positive, catalase-positive, coagulase-negative bacteria. It is not an encapsulated organism. Answer 3. Staphylococcus saprophyticus is a gram-positive, catalase-positive, coagulase-negative bacteria. It is not an encapsulated organism. And finally, answer 5. Streptococcus viridans is a gram-positive, alpha-hemolytic bacteria. It is not an encapsulated organism. To leave you with a bullet summary, sickle cell anemia patients are highly susceptible to infection from streptococcus pneumoniae due to functional asplenia. And moving on to the final question, a 10-year-old boy is brought to his pediatrician due to complaints of pain in his hands and feet during swimming practice. While the patient's parents have not had comparable symptoms in the past, the pediatrician learns that the patient's maternal grandmother also had similar pain events in her youth. On physical examination, the pediatrician notices that the patient has an enlarged upper jaw and prominent frontal bossing. His blood smear shows distinctive sickle-slash-crescent-shaped red blood cells. What is the pathophysiology for this patient's condition? And the choices are 1. Gene deletion 2. Hydrophobic interaction 3. Insufficient iron 4. Lead exposure and 5. Lysine substitution The correct answer to this question is 2. Hydrophobic interaction. So the patient has sickle cell anemia as evidenced by acute episodes of vasoocclusive pain due to exertion, family history, for example, skipped a generation from her grandmother, and expansion of hematopoiesis, for example, facial bone changes of the upper jaw and forehead bossing. Sickle cell anemia is caused by a point mutation that results in sickling due to abnormal hydrophobic interaction. This is commonly seen in people of African descent, Sickle cell anemia is an autosomal recessive condition characterized by a mutation of the beta globin gene that substitutes hydrophilic glutamic acid for hydrophobic valine, resulting in hemoglobin S. Normally, hemoglobin S maintains normal shape and does not cause problems. However, in certain scenarios, for example dehydration, acidosis, and hypoxemia, that favor the taut form of hemoglobin S, a hydrophobic patch is exposed, which valine interacts with and this facilitates the polymerization and sickling of red blood cells. 
Sickled cells are not only more fragile and prone to breaking, thus causing anemia, but also may include smaller vessels and cause ischemia. Characteristic signs and symptoms include acute pain episodes from vaso-occlusion, dactylitis, acute chest syndrome, anemia, chronic leg ulcers, and renal impairment. Due to anemia, expansion of hematopoiesis can occur in the skull, resulting in frontal bossing and or enlargement of the upper jaw, otherwise known as a quote-unquote chipmunk face. Hydroxyurea is used for managing sickle cell anemia. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, gene deletion is responsible for different forms of alpha thalassemia, an autosomal recessive disease resulting from decreased hemoglobin production due to alpha globin deletion. One gene deletion is asymptomatic. Two gene deletions cause mild anemia with red blood cell hyperplasia. Three gene deletions cause severe anemia. Four gene deletions are fatal, resulting in hydrops fetalis. On gel electrophoresis, hemoglobin H, which is a tetramer of beta chains, is seen with three gene deletions, and hemoglobin BARTS, which is a tetramer of gamma chains, is seen in four gene deletions. Answer 3. Insufficient iron causes iron deficiency anemia, which is a type of microcytic anemia that is the most common cause of anemia. Heme synthesis is hindered due to iron deficiency. It can most often be seen in adolescent girls and women of childbearing age. Serum studies show decreased iron and ferritin with increased total iron binding capacity. Replacement iron is used for management. Answer 4. Lead exposure can cause microcytic anemia due to inhibition of ferrochelatase and ALA dehydratase, which are enzymes of the heme synthesis pathway. Signs include basophilic red blood cell stippling and a blue-black line on the gums or a Burton line. Treatment is chelation therapy. Answer 5. Lysine substitution causes the formation of hemoglobin C, where lysine replaces glutamic acid. Though it may cause mild hemolytic anemia and splenomegaly, most patients with hemoglobin C disease are asymptomatic and do not require treatment. To leave you with a bullet summary, a substitution of glutamic acid for valine and beta-globin in sickle cell anemia results in a hydrophobic patch that facilitates polymerization and sickling of red blood cells. That's all for this review about sickle cell anemia. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 1 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.